You're listening to Hooked on Creek, a podcast celebrating the music, history, and fans of the legendary jam band Max Creek. I am your host, Corey Johnson, and you are listening to episode 24. Thank you for joining me on episode 24 of Hooked on Creek. I'm so glad you're here with me right now listening to this podcast. For those of you who might be listening to Hooked on Creek for the very first time, welcome aboard. It's great to have you here. Feel free to explore past episodes and enjoy the podcast at your own pace. And for those of you who have been with me since the beginning, thank you for your continued support and feedback. All right. In today's episode, I'm going to play a collection of Max Creek songs recorded live over the years that offer more than just incredible music, because each of these recordings also includes a story from the band about the meaning of the song. As a huge fan of Max Creek, I absolutely love hearing these stories because they add another dimension to the music and help bring the songs to life in new ways. So stay tuned to learn the stories behind the songs Crystal Clear, Double Dare, The Field, Mama Are You Ready, and Emerald Eyes. But in fair warning, you are going to hear about drugs, strippers, and mystic visions, among other things. In the show notes, you can find direct links to stream or download the music featured in this episode, or simply head over to hookedoncreek.com to get all the details. And while you're there, click the contact link and let me know what you think of this podcast. I would love to hear from you. All right, let's get started. This is Storytime with Max Creek. To kick things off, we are going to travel back in time to Saturday, January 8th, 1983. The band was playing at the Taurus Ballroom in Hartford, Connecticut, and they began the show with an acoustic set featuring just Scott and John. And from that acoustic set, you are now going to hear Crystal Clear, introduced with a nice story from John. And if this story is interesting to you, I encourage you to check out my interview with Bob Gosselin in episode 22 to learn more about the formation of Max Creek. Anyway, we're going to do this next tune. This this tune is a weird one, and we hardly ever pull this one out. This is uh, some 12 years ago when Bob and I the drummer were working in a strip joint out in Enfield playing together and we decided there must be something better to do than that although now I'm not quite sure but we're uh, I decided I would write a song so I wrote this song 12 years ago and I said God I'm a songwriter now mom so um, <laughs> we don't do this song anymore but this is the song that started the band off the name of it is it's called Crystal Clear. If anybody wants to sing along, <laughs> please do. There's a big finish at the end, and you're all supposed to uh, come in on that one, you know, clap your hands and everything else. This band started off as a bluegrass band, and that's why the song is a bluegrass type song. Here we go, Crystal Clear.
woodsman and man who showed me clear waters and the rivers that ran through my life. And there in the midst of the river stood a tree, the tree of life. Yes, and crystal clear it was, crystal clear it was, crystal clear was my life. Up on that tree it bore twelve fruits and it yielded its fruits every month. And the leaves on that tree were for healing all nations, for healing the nations for one. Yes, and crystal clear it was, crystal clear it was, crystal clear was my life. It's a big finish. Put it all. Put your hands together. And then sing along if you can. It goes like this. And peace be within you, and peace will be in your friend. Keep those hands going. And peace be within you, and peace will be in your friends. Everybody now, and peace be within you, and peace will be in your friends. And Everybody is in peace. 
Coming up, I have an incredible Double Dare story lined up for you. This was captured back on Friday, May 3rd, 2002, during the band's performance at Lupo's Heartbreak Hotel in Providence, Rhode Island. And if you have a copy of the videotape Scott is referring to in his story, please find a way to get that on YouTube and share it with me. My curiosity is driving me crazy. Mark wants to hear a story too. I guess it's story time. Well, a long time ago. stories that are decent enough to tell about this song, you know what I'm saying? I wrote this song in like some sort of drug-induced haze after being awake for fucking four days. 
I have no fucking idea what it's about or what it means. You know? It's like I, I woke up a week later and I listened to the tape. I'm like, wow, this is, this is pretty decent, actually. <laughs> all right, all right. So, so but, I, but it wasn't, I didn't think it was that good. And then uh, a friend of mine and I were fooling around with a Betamax video camera. And we made, we made this little animation where we set up like a, uh, we set up like a little bear who was driving a little truck. And he was, <laughs> and we made this animation of the bear. Like, he's like, there, we have this like big rock of cocaine in the middle of the mirror. And this is back. This is, I don't do, we don't do that anymore. But. <clears throat> so he made this animation and the bear comes out and plows out these lines and then snorts them all up and shit, you know? And so, which we don't condone that at all. We think that's very bad for you. And we were looking for music to put behind it on the soundtrack, so I, I dug out the tape of this and threw this in the background. And since then, the tape got passed around to various people or whatever, and then uh, a good friend of ours, girlfriend, came up to me at a show, and she said, you know that video that you made of the little bear and everything? And I'm like, yeah. And he said, well, you know, my boyfriend, every morning he puts that videotape on just to turn up that song and crank the shit out of that song. He loves that song. I was like, really? I figured that I figured maybe it would be a good song for the band to do. So I brought it in at that point. Yeah. Feel better now? Down my hallway, open up the front door. Take her right down to the second night of the corner star. It's a morning news and a pack of new boards go back home. It's a fine day just to be alone.
And now let's continue our trip through Max Creek history and visit Providence, Rhode Island back on Wednesday, March 5th, 1997 to hear Scott perform The Field during his solo acoustic show at The Living Room, which includes a story about the origin of this classic Creek tune. This first song, one of my first songs actually that I ever wrote, one of my first real songs that I ever wrote. It was like in 1977 or something like that. And, uh, there was a whole lot of stuff going on with sensory deprivation tanks and stuff like that. People were getting into these tanks and cutting off all their senses. I thought, well, that's cool, but I can't really afford that. So, instead, I smoked a bunch of pot. That's always good for a cheer. <laughs> so I smoked a bunch of pot, and um, I, took the, I took my stereo, put the headphones on. it in between the stations so that it was doing that white noise sort of sort of noise and I turned it up to about 120 decibels and closed my eyes and uh, I started to hear music inside the noise Inside the music was also a vision. There's only been a couple songs that I've written that have actually been around a vision. This is one of them.
Just 
Next up, we are headed to Bridge Street Music Hall in East Syracuse, New York, to hear Max Creek perform Mama Are You Ready back on Friday, August 22, 2003. As the band starts the song, Scott opens up about the genesis of this song and what sounds like a really fun time at a Grateful Dead show. see the Grateful Dead a lot. I don't know if anybody's heard of them. And every year they were prone to do on the East Coast, they would do like a Summer's End concert on Labor Day weekend. And this song is about going to one that they had in a giant stadium and we had no tickets and a Volkswagen square back and 
got a, got a speeding ticket for going 75 in a Volkswagen square bag, which is nearly impossible to do. And got down there at like sunrise and hooked up with some tickets and some doses and some dope and That's what this song is about. Mama, are you ready to get the car? Go down softly with the people. Mama, she's ready to put up a fight.
Thank you. 
Now, I'm going to play a couple clips of Scott talking about the song Emerald Eyes. Together, I think these clips work well to convey the origin and meaning of the song. So first, let's listen to this clip from the band's performance back on Saturday, August 21st, 1999, at the Webster Theater in Hartford, Connecticut. A real quick one, all right? I guess there's a a Hindu philosophy that says that that, you know, they believe in reincarnation and that we all reincarnate in groups. And every time we come together as a group, we, we have a different role in that group. So I guess you can look at everybody around you and figure that you've known these people really forever because you've lived lifetimes with them over and over again. And that's what this song is about, actually. And now, let's listen to Scott provide more details about the history of Emerald Eyes in this clip from the band's performance recorded on Saturday, February 23, 2002, at Pearl Street Nightclub in Northampton, Massachusetts. So, I was hanging out with this woman who practiced some of the white magic, and we had, we had this vision of a lifetime previously... We went into great detail about the previous lifetime that we had. And it involved, you know, a woman and a child and a man. And and they inevitably get separated through time and space and whatever. So after we had this whole thing, I I wrote the first two verses of this song and played it for the woman and she liked it. And then, uh, I went to uh, elsewhere and wrote the third verse in a friend of mine's basement. And while I was doing that, she was actually at a psychic convention. And she sat down and the psychic said to her, well, there's a girl named Emily that wants to give you a rose. And uh, when she came back from that, she told me about that. And I had written the last verse about putting a rose on the daughter's grave. It was very strange. And I, I didn't understand then, and I don't now, but... Whatever. And to round things out, 
I'm now going to play Max Creek's performance of Emerald Eyes, recorded at the Met in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, on Friday, May 10th, 2019, and this version includes another introduction by Scott that provides a different perspective on the meaning of this song. When I write these songs, and I'm sure that's the same for John and Mark, they're like little snapshots in time. But as people grow and change, the songs grow and change, and the meetings, they mean different things to me now than they did then. But they're still snapshots. and then people go out of your life there's various reasons various things that happen the person I wrote this song with passed away a number of years ago so that's a snapshot right there and so maybe This song can be a snapshot for someone else who passed recently. Someone who loved this song, as far as I know. So here's the snapshots and what they mean. of time you still you wait for me you understand that I can hold your hand and still be free I held you once some time ago yes it seems like it was your eyes I pulled through a fire tongue
Her hair was as dark as yours I cried just like a dove Used to hold her Used to mold her from above But then you left in the hands of a stranger And I knew that you'd never come back And I would rearrange her Took her down to the town But I could not change I didn't know it before, no The power that you wield Yeah, but now I know That you're the girl Who's turning in the field Teardrop falls in the grass where he had kneeled. Living lonely, living only for the end. As he blesses the rose, he knows she's there. He can taste her breath in the wind and feel her in the air. Like he told her. He would hold her once again. 
I really enjoyed collecting these stories and putting them together for you. I have a few more stories about Max Creek songs that I did not include in this episode, so I'm thinking of doing this type of episode again in the future. But with nearly 50 years of music, I'm sure there are stories out there that have been captured on live recordings that I've not heard yet. So please reach out to me if you know where I should look to find more of these stories that give insight into the meaning behind their songs. If you are curious, during the introduction to this episode, I played Max Creek's performance of The Greatest Story Ever Told, recorded live on Monday, October 9th, 1989, at Island House in Mesquamacut, Rhode Island. As always, let me know if you have suggestions for future episodes or recommendations on people to interview for this podcast. As some of you know, I live in Milwaukee and am a bit disconnected from the local Max Creek scene, so any help you can provide would be greatly appreciated. You can get in touch with me via the contact link on the Hooked on Creek website at hookedoncreek.com or via Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for Hooked on Creek to get connected. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for tuning in.